friends, happy Advent. I hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And at this time, let us prepare our hearts and minds for our lesson today that comes from Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. And I'll be reading from the Common English Bible translation. In those days, after the suffering of that time, the sun will become dark and the moon won't give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the planets and other heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then they will see the human one coming in the clouds with great power and splendor. Then he will send the angels and gather together his chosen people from the four corners of the earth, from the end of the earth to the end of heaven. Learn this parable from the fig tree. After its branch becomes tender and it sprouts new leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, you know that he's near, at the door. I assure you that this generation won't pass away until all these things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will certainly not pass away. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come, not the angels in heaven and not the Son, only the Father knows. Watch out, stay alert. You don't know when the time is coming. It is as if someone took a trip, left the household behind, and put the servants in charge, giving each one a job to do, and told the doorkeeper to stay alert. Therefore, stay alert. You don't know when the head of the household will come, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows in the early morning or at the daybreak. Don't let him show up when you weren't expecting and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all. Stay alert. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. Pray with me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. So as a child of two church musicians during the Advent and Christmas seasons, it was not unusual for me to spend afternoons in the sanctuary watching rehearsals for Christmas cantatas, children's choir pageants, and the beloved Lessons and Carols service. Our sanctuary would become filled with visitors and musicians, decorators, and my favorite, 
the Advent wreath. You might be wondering why a young girl like myself would be so intrigued by this, but that's pretty simple. The Advent wreath making its grand debut in the church meant that I was that much closer to Christmas morning. Yeah, see, my parents were the type that started saying, put it on your Christmas list about six to eight months before Christmas Day. So this was like a really highly anticipated event for us. I practiced good behavior all year long as I was quite scared that Santa might see me misbehaving in April. With such built-up anticipation, my Christmas list had become quite lengthy. So the beginning of Advent for me meant that I was that much closer to crossing the finish line underneath the Christmas tree. That was the ultimate waiting game for me. And my brand new bike with purple handlebars and a shiny new basket with no training wheels, of course, would be my prize. Waiting is a common thread in the Christian year. We wait during Lent and during Advent, leading up to two major liturgical holidays. We wait for a signal or sign from God that our prayers have been answered. We wait for the highly anticipated trips to Montreat or other annual social events that we are so missing right now. Now we find ourselves waiting for emails to be answered or the Zoom meetings to end. We wait for test results, election results, systematic change and reconciliation. We wait for healing or justice to roll down like waters and righteousness to flood the earth. We spend so much time waiting that to our surprise, the art of waiting has actually become a spiritual practice for us. Waiting draws us in closer to God's realm and invites us into this deeper, this unimaginable relationship with Jesus. In the case of Mark 13, waiting is our call to act. The chapter is often noted as the little apocalypse in reference to the author's retelling of the destruction of the temple and the persecution of the disciples. This is rather ironic considering this parable isn't really little at all. See, Mark 13 verses 24 through 37 represents the second half of the single longest speech given by Jesus in the gospel. At the end of this 16-chapter narrative about Jesus, early first-century Jesus suddenly transitions to addressing the community present. The very first word in the pericope, but, in verse 24, signals a dramatic shift in Jesus' speech. Jesus transitions from a retelling of past events to a glimpse into the future, 
after the events leading up to this parable, the sun, moon, and stars suggest a monumental kairos happening. We're familiar with this word, kairos. This is the Greek word used for time in verse 33. Kairos does not pertain to a chronological time, but rather an imperative or decisive moment in one's life. It denotes a pivotal point in history, and it's often associated with these events that we might call worth waiting for. For example, when we use the phrase missing the boat, by which we mean missing the opportunity of a lifetime, we are talking about kairos time. When we say now is the time to act, we are talking about a decisive moment, kairos time. It's one thing to be late for an appointment or gathering, but it is far worse to be late for a kairos time, to miss a life-altering, earth-shattering opportunity. There are no second chances for kairos moments, which is why it is so important that we remain alert and wait. Time is of the essence for Mark's community. To give you some historical context, at this time, Mark's community is living in the midst of the Roman Jewish War. Therefore, Jesus's message to Mark's community to watch is somewhat passive considering the current climate. This is one of those moments where the disciples likely wanted to wave a white flag and surrender and cry out, seriously? But yet, Jesus isn't done. He continues to reiterate the importance of watchfulness, patience, and time in this Kairos moment. While the disciples are on the edge of their seats wondering, when, Lord, when, the author uses the image of a fig tree ripening and sprouting leaves to illustrate a sense of urgency and change in season for Mark's community. This apocalyptic symbolism addresses who Jesus really is. Though these signs of the time suggest some mystery to Jesus' character, we now know that he is reliable, trustworthy, and caring. This Kairos moment is just getting started. Now, lastly, Jesus brings this lesson to a close with one final reminder. To be alert. Within the passage, on four separate occasions, the disciples are called to keep awake, alert, and on the watch. Clearly, the author wants us to know that something is going to happen, something big. But nobody knows when that day or hour will come, so stay alert. Now, anyone who has awaited the arrival of a baby can certainly relate to this directive. Preparing for a new life to enter your world is perhaps the hardest type of waiting game. 
as one of four children myself and one of 13 grandchildren, I have heard my fair share of birth story sagas. In my family unit alone, my mother never even saw a due date. My oldest sister was born one day early, my older brother one week early, I was born two weeks early, but my baby sister, originally due on Christmas Eve, made her grand entrance into the world three weeks early. The highly anticipated arrival of Jesus did not include due dates. There were no maternity photo shoots or over-the-top gender reveals. With no knowledge of what time or day this miracle would enter the world, the disciples were told to wait it out, to watch, and remain alert so that they could prepare themselves for a radical change. Here, the timing of what is to come is irrelevant. Rather, preparedness is what truly matters. That is what this text is about, preparing us for a new life, a life that will enter our world and transform it in such ways humankind cannot even begin to imagine. This parable truly brings new meaning to the phrase, it was worth the wait. In this season of life, Waiting is more than a spiritual discipline. It's a global effort. Some days it feels as if all we do is wait. Waiting for this pandemic to be considered old news, waiting for a vaccine, waiting to return to work or to the classroom, just waiting for some normalcy. We cry out, how long, oh Lord, how long, over and over, and the waiting seems like there will never be an end. I'm starting to feel like a child in the middle of July waiting for Christmas morning, or like the disciples in Mark's community. And yet, this is how we begin our Advent season. This is it stuck in tumultual, tumultual times, strenuous times, waiting for deliverance. But the good news is this. Though Advent is happening under new and wild circumstances this year, the sentiment remains the same. Therefore, as we begin the Advent season, our call is simple, to watch, to wait, and to work. Watching is often a challenge, and waiting can feel exhausting. Work can become intimidating or even difficult. But the disciples in this story charge us to do so with anticipation and focus. Though we are unsure of what is to come, thankfully, we know who is to come. So let us wait together. Amen. <laughs>